Welcome to episode 99 of Special Situation Investing. In June 2017, it was revealed that a potential Jackson Pollock canvas found in a Sun City garage in Arizona could be worth as much as $15 million. When appraiser Josh Levine was evaluating an elderly man's belongings, he began to suspect that one of the paintings might be a Pollock. Over the course of 18 months, Levine spent tens of thousands of dollars to authenticate the canvas, making the important discovery that its owner's sister ran in an elite artistic social circle that included Pollock himself. The painting was scheduled to go up for auction that June with a starting bid of $5 million and an estimated value of 10 to $15 million. But the sale was indefinitely postponed when the prospective bidders failed to pass credit and bank checks. With two Pollock paintings found in improbable spots in recent decades, it might be wise to keep an eye out for his signature splattered canvases at flea markets, garage sales, and thrift shops. This story from History.com typifies one that we've all heard before. A valuable item sits unappreciated in plain sight, waiting to be scooped up at a bargain price, but is for one reason or another overlooked. The subject of today's write-up is no different. It's a rare and valuable asset sitting in the proverbial old man's garage of the stock market, just waiting to be discovered. The description of the company that follows is sourced from the July 2022 Cedar Creek Partners second quarter results letter. The letter was written by fund manager Tim Erickson of Erickson Capital Management, LLC and is used here with his permission. Pacific Coast Oil Trust, ticker symbol R-O-Y-T-L, is an expert market stock. It is one of the more complicated and interesting stories we have come across. It is an oil and gas trust that was sold to the public in 2012 at $20 per unit. The trust gives unit holders the right to 80% of cash flow after the payment of production and development costs for oil fields located in Los Angeles and Santa Barbara counties. At the time, it went public, the seller, Pacific Coast Energy Company, formerly Brightburn Energy, was retaining 52% of the trust units and selling 48% to the public. Fast forward a few years, oil prices had declined from $100 per barrel to $60, Production had declined from 3,400 barrels per day to 2,200, resulting in sharply lower distributions. By 2018, the trust was trading between $2 and $2.50 per unit and paying roughly $0.30 per unit annually. In September 2019, Pacific Coast Energy Company was acquired by Newbridge Resources. Just a few weeks later, in October 2019, Price Waterhouse Coopers, the trust auditors, resigned. In the 8K filing on October 4, 2019, it stated Price Waterhouse Cooper advised the trust that information had come to Price Waterhouse Cooper's attention that caused Price Waterhouse to be unwilling to be associated with the trust's financial statements in the future. You do not see that every day. The November 13, 2019 8K notes that a 50% owner of Newbridge, 
was or may have been affiliated with a company that filed for bankruptcy in 2015. Clearly, there was more to the story. We have read unconfirmed reports that allege the buyers have criminal records that include embezzlement and insider trading. Talk about messy. Yet, we aren't actually done yet. That is only the who and the what. It is the how and the why that complete the picture. In the same November filing, Pacific Coast Energy Company notified the trust that Pacific Coast Energy intended to deduct future plugging and abandonment costs, also known as Asset Retirement Obligations, or AROs, from the amounts otherwise payable to the trust under its net profits interest beginning January of 2020. The amount of estimated cost was $56.7 million. Annual payout from the trust at the time was about 10 to $11 million. The costs were not expected to occur for a number of years. Some wells were expected to be exhausted within five years, while other wells would be 30 years or more in the future. The assessment would result in no payments to unit holders for a number of years, which would trigger a clause forcing sale of the trust. The trustee must have pushed back because Pacific Coast Energy Company commissioned Moss Adams to assist in determining the estimated asset retirement obligation, or ARO. Moss Adams calculated it at $45.7 million, which was $11 million lower than before, but would still trigger an eventual sale of the trust. The trust commissioned their own study by Martindale and came up with $28.7 million and communicated that the trust conveyance permits the amount to be accrued versus how Pacific Coast Energy wanted to treat it as all up front. It seems that the new owners of Pacific Coast Energy wanted to charge it up front, knowing it would force a sale of the trust in two years, and give Pacific Coast Energy all of the cash flows in the interim. The trustee wanted to amortize the asset retirement obligations over five years, believing that that was most equitable to unit holders, which was logical, but probably not consistent with generally accepted accounting principles, which would recognize the present value of the liability immediately. The prospect of no further distributions sent the unit price plummeting to 30 cents. No quarterly or annual filings were filed, as there was no auditor. Unit holders did get monthly updates via press release and 8K filings from the trustee on production, revenues, and expenses, operating income, and the 80% net profits interest. Then COVID hit, and oil plummeted from 60 per barrel down to zero, before resettling around $30 and slowly climbing back towards 60 by the fall of 21. Due to COVID, Pacific Coast Energy shut some production in. In July 2020, a unit holder filed suit. Unit prices fell to around $0.10. Cents. Then it got even stranger. Pacific Coast Energy CEO, who had the troubled past, was ousted and supposedly blew the whistle in court. To make a long story a bit shorter, the court granted standing and prohibited dissolution of the trust. That eventually led to a three-person arbitration panel that decided for Pacific Coast Energy. But that decision is still on hold pending settlement discussions. Units are currently trading around $0.32 cents per unit. So why did we buy units? We came to the conclusion that there are only a few likely outcomes. Worst case, unit holders have to pay full 
asset retirement obligation, and it leads to dissolution of the trust. The two years of no payments by the trust has already occurred, from spring of 2019 to spring of 21. And assuming court decisions all go against unit holders, it would lead to an auction of the interest, where after payment of what remains of the asset retirement obligation, the remaining balance of the proceeds would go to unit holders. In this scenario, time is our friend, particularly now that oil has risen to around $100 per barrel. As of May 2022, the higher estimate of the asset retirement obligation remaining was $14.3 million, and the balance was declining at about $1.5 million per month. By the time of an auction, it could be paid off, or nearly so. With oil at $100, the trust is generating roughly $4.5 million per quarter, or $0.12 cents per unit. What would an investor pay for that? Assuming a conservative three-year payback for the buyer comes to $1.50 and a 5x return for the fund from current prices. If the buyer assumes oil averages $80 per barrel, then cash flow is $12 million per year or $0.32 cents per unit, and a three-year payback valuation comes to $1 per unit or 3x the current price. Option 2. Some kind of settlement where Pacific Coast Energy buys out unit holders or agrees to amortize the asset retirement obligation, a buyout would likely have a similar valuation of the worst-case scenario. A settlement about asset retirement obligation treatment would result in the trust continuing in existence and unit holders receiving monthly payments. With oil at $100, the trust would earn $0.12 per unit per quarter. What is that worth in an expert market if the asset retirement issue is settled? We think more than the worst case. Option three, bonanza. Somehow the court finds Pacific Coast Energy acted inappropriately, or it finds that a major portion of the asset retirement obligation has already been assessed. We noted to the group filing suit that the original prospectus noted that $22.3 million of asset retirement obligation had already been accrued before the trust was created. Thus, we think it's possible, if not likely, that Pacific Coast Energy is charging something that was already partially accrued for. If so, that is $0.66 cents per unit based on 38 million units outstanding. The value of the units could be near $2 or more. The bottom line is, we don't know precisely what the units are worth, but our analysis concludes that it is likely more than the current price. We made it a 4% position in the fund, and hopefully we're not missing a key issue. Time will tell. Again, the above thesis was written by fund manager Tim Erickson, whose Cedar Creek Partners private investment firm has significantly outperformed the major indices since its inception in January of 2006. We encourage our readers to check out his website and Twitter account for more insights from this thoughtful investor. But before we wrap up today's episode, it's worth touching on one unusual barrier to investing in this stock. Pacific Coast Oil Trust is traded on the OTC expert market. Due to the SEC's amendments to Rule 15C2-11 that went into effect September 28, 2001, companies that do not make or cannot make current information publicly available to investors are listed on the expert market. Once on the expert market, trading the securities is limited by most major brokerages in the following ways. 1. Retail investors are not permitted to purchase the stock. Those who own stock prior to the company being listed on the expert market can execute sell orders only. Number 2. Accredited investors can purchase the stock. And number 3. 
fund managers can purchase the stock. It's worth noting that Rule 15C211 itself does not limit who can or cannot purchase expert market securities. Rather, it restricts broker-dealers' ability to make quotes of those securities publicly available. It is the brokerages themselves, such as TD Ameritrade and Charles Schwab, that added the trading restrictions on top of the SEC's amended rules. With this limitation in mind, investors who can't purchase expert market stocks have a few options available. If they want to purchase Pacific Coast Oil Trust, they can obtain authorization to purchase the security through a broker that is willing to purchase the security for them. They can invest in a fund such as Cedar Creek Partners, which has a significant stake in the stock, or they can wait for the stock to be moved off of the expert market once the company resumes filing of public financial information. The last option offers investors the lowest return of the three, given that much of the money will have been made before it is relisted in the standard OTC market. While the obstacles to purchasing Pacific Coast Oil Trust are frustrating, we should keep in mind Charlie Munger's fitting wisdom on the subject. Why should it be easy to do something that, if done well two or three times, will make your family rich for life? Indeed, why should it be easy? All right, with that, we wrap up another episode of the show. Thank you again for all of your support. Uh, If you're listening to audio only and you want to check out our transcript with links to uh, any of the things we mentioned, then visit our special situation investing substack page. Uh, For this particular episode, you can check out the links to the Cedar Creek Partners Fund uh, and see what Tim Erickson is up to there. Again, always appreciate the engagement from the audience, the emails, the questions, and uh, the sats that you've streamed us on the Fountain app. We'll see you again next week with another investment write-up.